Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study, the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Florida. And today is Thursday, May 4th, 2017. And today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter more about alcoholism. We are on page 35. We will be reading and commenting on paragraph 2 and 3 today. Our first example is a friend we shall call Jim. And today's readers are Roxanne T. for the 12 Steps, the 12 Traditions, Nancy T. Our text readers are Mary B., Marie J., and Lynn D., and our newcomer greeter is Melanie C. And the reference number or share ID for yesterday, Wednesday, May 3rd, 2017, the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 9902. 9902. And the share ID for this morning's 7 a.m. meeting is 9905. And that's today, Thursday, May 4th. And OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, Every group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Buck study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Roxanne T. to please read the 12 steps of OA for us, please. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for your service. My name is Roxanne T., recovered here in New York, and these are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and serious moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends for them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, 
having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Roxanne T. And I will now ask Nancy T. to read the 12 traditions of OA for us, please. Thank you, Monica. This is Nancy T., compulsive overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God is he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such are never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Nancy T. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in a big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature that we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we are resuming our study of the big book We are in the chapter more about alcoholism. We are on page 35. We will be reading two paragraphs, and we're starting with the second paragraph. Our first example is a friend we shall call Jim. Continuing through to the end of the third paragraph, moreover, he would lose his family for whom he had a deep perfection. And I will ask Mary B. if she would read for us, please. Thank you very much, Monica. Am I being heard? Yes, you are. Okay, dear. Thank you so much for your service. This is Mary B., gratefully recovered in Central California. Our first example is a friend we shall call Jim. This man has a charming wife and family. 
He inherited a lucrative automobile agency, had a commendable World War record. He's a good salesman. Everybody likes him. He's an intelligent man, normal so far as we can see, except for a nervous disposition. He did no drinking until he was 35. In a few years, he became so violent when intoxicated that he had to be committed. On leaving the asylum, he came into contact with us. We told him what we knew of alcoholism and the answer we had found. He made a beginning. His family was reassembled, and he began to work as a salesman for the business he had lost through drinking. All went well for a time, but he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. To his consternation, he found himself drunk half a dozen times in rapid succession. On each of these occasions, we worked with him, reviewing carefully what had happened. He agreed he was a real alcoholic and in a serious condition. He knew he faced another trip to the asylum if he kept on. Moreover, he would lose his family for whom he had a deep affection. Well, again, this is Mary B., gratefully recovered compulsive eater in Central California. I've been on this line since 4 o'clock this morning, and after hearing all of the shares this morning, my head was just going nuts with what to share about this morning. So I asked God to give me the words, and I just zoomed in on the words that are highlighted and underlined in several different colors. He failed to enlarge his spiritual life, and he was a real alcoholic. So I'm going to share, for the sake of time, just this part of my story. Um, About three years ago, I had nine years of abstinence. I was at or below my goal weight. I had been in maintenance for a long time. I had a wonderful sponsor. I had several sponsees, all abstinent. I was going to meetings. I was giving service. Probably anybody in the rooms who, if it ever came up, which it never did, would say, Mary B. is recovered from all appearances. So one day, one of my sponsees on the phone said, Mary, have you ever heard of a vision for you? And I hadn't, and she gave me the number, and I'm always curious about what's going on in in program, and I was always doing phone bridge meetings. So I called in one day, and I heard something on this line that I had not heard, well, at all, and I have been around a very long time. I heard it from... People, individuals, my sponsor, for one, works this kind of program and has for years. And, of course, there were people in the rooms who were recovered and talked a great big book program. But a whole group, a whole group of people with this kind of program, I had not found And I was caught up. Now, why did I need a vision for you? 
when I was living free of cravings, I was off of my alcoholic foods, uh, everything going beautifully. Well, I, I'm like a, a chess piece. I don't even play that game, but I do know that the players pick up the pieces and move them from one place to another to try to win the game. Well, I believe that my higher power has always picked me up and moved me to a place I need to be because I have something more to learn. I've never, maybe at a time I considered myself finished, but I know I'm not. So this was my time to be on this line. I uh, went through the book. Again, what I got here, was a greater appreciation for this big book where it became, instead of a book of inspiration, thank you, Monica, I'll wind up, became a book of instruction. And I'm just so grateful that I am here and willing to move. Is this the last house on the block? I don't know. I have no idea what my higher power has in store for me. But as long as I work this program, I'm ready to move where he wants me to be. And I'm grateful to be here today. And thank you for the opportunity to share. Thank you, Mary B. And I'm going to open up the floor. And we are discussing, sharing our experience, strength, and hope on paragraphs 2 and 3 on page 35. And who would like to share? Suzanne. Elaine B. Kathleen O. Kathleen. Michelle. B. Michelle. I heard something. B. Kathy I. Elaine B. Yeah, I got you, Elaine. Okay. All right. This is what I've got. Sue, I didn't hear your last initial. Sue, Elaine, Kathleen O, a Michelle, a Rocky. Marie J. Marie J. Charles D. Charles D. All right, let's start with that. Sue, you'll have to tell us the initial of your last name. You're up, and then it'll be Elaine B. Oh, my name is Suzanne B. Go ahead, Suzanne. Thank you. So I like using uh, Jim's story in explaining where he didn't use the 10th step and where he could have used his 10th step to enlarge his spiritual life. And when we use that 10-step when we're bothered, um, the reading, um, and, and when I'm looking at this, you know, the reading is already telling me that he was violent. Um, that's a time when I want to be using a 10-step before I get violent. He lost his business. I'm going to have um, issues if I lost a business. And what I like is that in this whole story of Jim, you can pick out example after example of where the, the tenth step can be done. And if I'm not really doing that tenth step on a regular basis, it tells me exactly what's going to happen, which is I'm going to go out and I'm going to drink or I'm going to go out and I'm going to eat again. And you can also use the fourth step in here too. Um, if he had not already been through the 12 steps, he's got a lot of pieces going back, looking at that asylum, 
and the experiences that anybody would have at uh, in a mental health facility, there's definitely things that are going to be uncomfortable there. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Suzanne B. Elaine B., it's your turn, and then it'll be Kathleen O. Thanks so much for your service, Monica. This is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts. Grateful for this reading. Um, I love that it honors this man, that he was capable, he had a World War record, good salesman, that everybody liked him, an intelligent man. That's somebody that you could, you know, absolutely rely on anybody they say of themselves. But he ended up violent, so so much of a gutter drunk that he had to be put in an asylum. And I love that Dr. Silkworth <laughs> said of these men who had worked these steps that you can absolutely rely on anything they say of themselves. That's the transformation that can happen with these steps um, if we're so stuck in the food that it's taking over our lives and we feel hopeless and powerless. Or if we're 100 plus pounds overweight like I was, even though I was a career woman and uh, doing well in my job, I, I, I can't forget the time uh, one of the, one of the <laughs> kind of higher ups in the company said, well, at least you don't smell bad. Um, you know, that's so humbling. But he, it was the beginning of a new life for him. He had made a beginning. He reassembled his family, you know. Um, he was okay for a while. He got a job at the place that he um, once worked and he failed to enlarge his spiritual uh, life. So I heard recently on the line that all action is born in thought and what our, um, what our, program gives us is that it kills the thought that it'll be okay to eat again. The obsession of every compulsive overeater that somehow someday I'll be able to uh, control my eating. Well, he, he, his spiritual life, not doing step 10, step 11, um, he lost that. And he did pick up the drink and the allergy set in and he got drunk in rapid succession a number of times. And even though he knew he faced the asylum and, um, and insanity, you know, he kept picking up in those rapid sessions. But thank God he came back to the program and he got to talk to these people and he got to perhaps get a chance to clean up those messes that he wasn't doing. You know, it says resentment is the number one offender. It kills more alcoholics than anything else. So we need to be on the lookout for resentment, not just in 10 steps, but we get a second chance with our 11-step evening review. Did we miss something? I like being in Massachusetts and having numbers in California that if I really need to make a call and, and get something cleaned up right away, I can reach another time zone and do so. Um, so that uh, spiritual growth, 10 and 11, is vital. We have to have trust and reliance on a power greater than ourselves that will give us that daily reprieve, that will help us know that, you know, it's not okay. We can't have both um, the food uh our insanity, and uh, the sanity of this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Elaine B. Kathleen O., you're up, and then it'll be Michelle. Thank you, Monica. Good morning. This is Kathleen O., recovered gratefully in California. And thank you, everyone, for being on the line. It's great to be here this morning. So here we have Jim. He's got a great job. He's talented. He's well-liked. He's charming. Um, yet he becomes violent when he gets intoxicated. Um, so except for a, he, um, a man normal so far as we can see, except for a nervous disposition, which is basically restless, irritable, discontented. And 
that's that's where I can go really really easily. Um, so he all went well all went well for a time, but he failed to enlarge on his spiritual life. Um, so he's trying to do this on self sufficiency. He's not enlarging on his spiritual life through working the steps, and and he agreed he was a real alcoholic and in serious condition, which is step one. But self-knowledge isn't enough. There's no surrender going on. Um, there's just his intellect happening. And so, you know, for me, um, being doing all sorts of crazy dieting and trying all sorts of things and white-knuckling it all for decades really didn't work. And to think that I could come in here and hear the solution of, um, you know, getting in contact with a higher power and working these steps was going to change my life was really phenomenal. Um, you know, I went to a friend's house last night. My husband and I went to a friend's house last night for dinner, and um, she had on a plate leftover Easter candy. And, and you know, in that I always can tell when there's a normal eater because no one has that kind of stuff laying around. And, and I remember when I would go over to friends' homes the day after Easter and still see that they had stuff in their Easter basket, and how did they do that? I mean, this is, what, a month since Easter now, and she's still got this on her counter. And the amazing part is normally I would, I would be obsessing about that, and what the miracle of all this is for me is I can look at that now, and it's no, it does nothing for me. I mean, there's no desire. I don't, I, it's, it, it just amazes me. I can look at this and just think, oh, that's like looking at a picture of something. I have no desire to eat that. And, um, and, it, and it really is through staying connected with the higher power and, and working these steps. And so, you know, this, you know, and, and having it a, a spiritual experience where basically I change how I think, feel, and act. And it's not just around the food. It's, it's you know, living life and um, coming up against life's challenges and moving through them and just trusting and relying on my higher power. So, I just want to finish with if if you don't feel you need the need for a higher power and to work through the steps, you'll end up how I was when I didn't feel that, and that is face down in the food again. So this program really does work, and um, it, it's it's just simply amazing, and thank you. I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. Michelle, it's your turn, and I need your last initial, and then it'll be Rocky I. Hi, good morning. Um, thank you, Monica, for your service. This is Michelle L., as in love, in Delaware. And I am a recovering compulsive overeater, um, forcing myself to share this morning because, like Jim, I, too, have a nervous disposition and um, get very... I didn't realize that but uh, until recently how much anxiety I actually do have when I actually allow myself to um, get still enough to experience uh, my feelings. And um, I could definitely relate to Jim's story. I had what I um, what I felt like was, was a re- living in a recovered state for several years, and I got really complacent and felt like I didn't, maybe I didn't really have that big a problem with food, and 
I also started to um, I got very restless, irritable, and discontent. And food kept looking really appealing to me. Uh, more and more food thoughts. And I felt like a failure. I felt like I, I must be doing something wrong because I'm having these these thoughts again. Um, and I got really pissed off, honestly. And I just was like, I just, you know, I can't do this right. So I started um, experimenting on my own. I thought maybe I'll, I'll do it Michelle's way. It'll be okay this time. And it was okay for a little while, but it was a very slippery slope, and it wasn't okay uh, soon enough. And the mental obsession was very, very powerful and very tricky. Um, And I didn't even realize how insidious it was until I was pretty much procrastinating, hiding, and eating again. Um, and then trying to figure out other ways to make sure that I could still keep the um, normal-sized body that I, I'm in. It's just a, it's just a load of you know what. So anyway, I am truly powerless over my over my alcoholic foods, and I am an alcoholic with food. Um, and enlarging my spiritual life is crucial, vital. I don't know any other way. So I'm back, and I, um, I'm willing today. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Michelle L. Rocky I, it's your turn, and then it'll be Marie J. Good morning. This is Rocky I in Tempe, Arizona, recovered. And um, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay, cool. Um, again, I love my big book. Every paragraph I keep saying, I love it, I love it. It's just, I love the whole thing. Um, so I've been in program for 30 months, and uh, I was gifted desperation. I was so miserable <coughs> that... Um, that I just um, just grab onto as if my life depended on it because it did and it does. And I just um, devoted myself to this, uh, to to learning, and and uh, it took a while before I came to the to the big book until I met somebody whom the problem had been solved. And I'm going to sound like him, and I love it. This is a program of action, 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 and more action. And so um, what I see here is where uh, Jim stopped. And um, I was able to see this early in my recovery, and I have not stopped because I was so afraid of, like, how worse can it get? And I have not let go in 30 months. Um, I learned a whole bunch. I got all the OA literature. I dragged my bags everywhere. Now it's two big old bags, but the bigger the bags, the smaller the rear. And um, and uh, last year, um, as my big book teaches, you know, you uh, we had a 
continue the spiritual path and if we, are, if we belong to religious organizations, we ought to go back to them. And so I have, and my recovery has gotten so much better since I went back to my, to my, um, my, my God. And uh, it's just like I work out my two every day. You know, I, I have a strong step to my God and, and I don't, I don't drop my OA, and um, I just hope that um, I never do what, you know, what happened to Jim that gets complacent. And so, to the newcomer, I would say um, you might think it's a lot of work, you know. Oh my God, reading the big book, little print, no pictures. But living in the disease is a lot more work than than investing another day or whatever it is in learning a new way of life. So um, it is possible. Uh, I have recovered. I have not gone back to the food or the harmful behaviors, and uh, I'm just happy to be here and um, and be able uh, to learn from this experience that um, the Big Book is teaching me and everybody else. And so with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Rocky I. Marie J., you're up, and then it'll be Charles D. Thank you for your service, Monica, and Team Thursday. Um, this is Marie J., and I'm recovered in Colorado. I really identify with Jim because, like him, I have a charming husband, and I have beautiful nine-year-old twin boys, and I have a great house, and I have a good job, and I live in a great neighborhood, and I present myself well to the world, Everything seems picture perfect, but when I was in my active addiction, I was constantly self-seeking, and my husband and children had to walk on eggshells around me because I was always going to flip out. It was always unpredictable when, you know, how is she going to react, and it was really easy for me to go into rage and control, and, you know, I think now about how I just had to control everything, every move any of them made. I had to have my scrutiny and my judgment and my direction in it. Mm. And they just were always nervous around me. And I I had been in program and I was abstinent. And before I began this big book study, this program, I had to have control on everything <clears throat> on myself and on my family. And it's because I had not enlarged my spiritual life. I still succumbed to controlling their lives because I just wasn't working the 10, 11 and 12. I had gotten up through nine and I hadn't even quite gotten through nine. And I just was not allowing God to run my life. And I was abstinent. I had lost all kinds of weight. I was doing program. I was going to meetings and doing the tools and I had some reliance on God, but I, only I chose what God was going to get. And I chose, I still had complete reliance on myself in determining what God could have and what God couldn't have. I never had complete abandon, abandonment. And until I came here a year ago, I wasn't feeling the freedom and the peace that, that the step nine promises promise. And I was just abstinent. I was abstinent and I wasn't, I just wasn't feeling the freedom. And in that time, I relapsed twice. But when I came here and worked the steps this way and got a sponsor and worked the big book this way, um, 
my my entire life changed. My entire relationship with my family changed, and it's it's really nothing short of miraculous. The the relationship I have with my husband and children now. I mean, I'm just I have stepped out of the way and let God take over and let God be in charge. And I don't rage and I don't control. And, you know, I mean, make no mistake, I'm still human and it's not perfect. And the urge comes up and I get triggered still, but when it comes up, you know, when I'm agitated or in doubt, I can pause because the the program has taught me I can pause. I don't have to jump into my former coping mechanisms that are my character defects I don't have to judge, I don't have to control, I don't have to rage because I can pause and I can invite my higher power in, I can invite my higher power to take over and show me the way, I can pick up the phone, I can do a 10th step, I can reach out and help someone else, I can find a way to be of service. So, you know, the result is serenity and freedom. That's what I have today because I'm staying spiritually connected and working 10, 11, and 12. Thanks, I pass. Thank you, Marie J. Charles D., it's your turn. Yes, hi, I'm Charles D., a compulsive uh, recovered overeater from uh, Oregon. Well, um, I realized that I've had a nervous disposition ever since I was, maybe ever since I was born. Um, But from earliest memories of being a a small boy, um, being being nervous was... uh, a part of my life and I was always seeking ways to to take care of that and so that's where addiction um, came from was was my attempt at dealing with nervousness and um, food was uh, the earliest one and is really um, has been with me my entire life and is with me today and um but it has gotten a lot better um in a way that uh food was at first a very pretty good friend it it worked um as uh, probably for the first maybe 15 years of my life um i i wasn't overweight but uh it did it did serve as a very good friend and um seemed to help me with my nervousness and um but anyway uh it it became worse um i needed uh, I finally um, started binging, became very overweight, um, and of course, with with the uh, greater problem with the disease, the nervousness only became worse. So, fortunately, um, I did um, get enough, up enough nerve to go to OA, and it it really did help me right from the start. Um, the problem was is that what how much how much of this program did I really put into it um, i I got abstinent so called abstinent right from the start, but what was the abstinence like and um, how much of the how, how deeply was I going into the steps um, those two factors um, made my my attempt at oA recovery quite um frustrating really because i i still struggled with overeating and with binging and with nervousness and and so i was questioning whether uh oa was really going to help me and it, it really hadn't uh, for the 4 years that i attempted it um 
So I really recognized half measures were really doing me nothing at all. Um, I had to do more program and I had to really um, find a clean abstinence, not, not my own idea what abstinence was. And so consulting other people about uh, binge foods and foods that uh, would trigger the allergy. Um, I um, finally have cleaned up my, my food and finally um, got into, the, into really working the steps. But I needed to be abstinent before the, the, the time. Um, yeah, so um, thank you very much. Thank you, Charles D. And we are on page 35, more about alcoholism. And we read paragraphs two and three on this page. And this is what we are sharing on. And who else would like to share this morning? Polly Q. Say that again. Polly Q. Polly as an H? Uh, no, P as in Paul. Okay, that's what I thought at first. <laughs> okay, who else? Reggie O. Sherry K B. Oh gosh. Wait a minute. All right, Sherry, I heard I I heard Sherry. Who else? Reggie. Terry H. Reggie. Who else? Terry. Terry H. Terry? Yes. Terry H. Okay. Jody. All right. Jody. All right. I'm gonna stop here because time is gonna be getting short. This is what I've got. I've got Polly Q, Sherry. Reggie L., Terry H., and Jody. So, Polly, you're up. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Uh, this is Polly Q. I'm California and um, uh, newly recovered. And, uh, you know, uh, what I love, uh, what, what Jim tells me about it, me is that um, the disease for me is two things. Um, denial oblivion and then it's fear uh, because you know the fear it, it and the anxiety it just builds up and builds up and then I need the food to put me into denial and oblivion and so you know one feeds the other and it becomes this vicious loop that's how it works for me and so I'll just suddenly think hey you know I can't stand this fear anymore but because I haven't enlarged my spiritual life, uh, I, haven't, I don't have enough faith. So I will reach for oblivion. And that's going to come in the form of food. It's going to come in the form of control. It's going to come in all kinds of, of forms that are about the mental twist of the mind. And so for me, I have to enlarge my spiritual life so that I don't have to live in the fear and if I'm not living in the fear and in the anxiety, then all those other defects for me, the negativity and all of the other stuff, it's just these automatic patterns that, I've, you know, that I have in me uh, to a tremendous degree because I am a human being. And, um, and because that is all there, then, um, uh, or because that isn't there, then uh, because I'm reaching for the faith, then I don't have to reach for my addictive substances or my addictive patterns. And that's how it, it that's how it is for me. And it's a daily reprieve, you know, that it's fear or faith. Fear or faith. 
And with a fear, I'll become like Jim, and I'll just suddenly think, hey, I could eat that food. You know, I won't even really think it because, you know, the mental twist of the mind, the denial will be there. So I, you know, this enlarging the spiritual program, it's not an option for me. If I want to remain abstinent and if I want to become more and more faith-based, which is a beautiful way of life, of, of course, I have to, I have to seek that out on a daily basis. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for, again for your service. Thank you, Polly Q. And just a gentle reminder, please no, uh, please do not use speaker phones because it distorts our meeting. All right, Sherry, you're up, and then it'll be Reggie L. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, a grateful recovered compulsive reader. Thanks for your service, Monica. Um, so it, it, in the beginning paragraph, it says, we told him what we knew of alcoholism. So they're telling him about the the mental illness of the body, excuse me, the physical allergy of the body and the mental obsession of the mind. And then he made a beginning. So he was doing steps one, two, and three. And then when he began to work and do and do the the deal, as I said, um, he was in four, he wasn't doing four and 12. So he did steps one, two, and three, but he failed to enlarge his spiritual life, which means he, he failed to continue doing steps four through 12. And so to his dismay, consternation, which means dismay, he found himself drunk again So, in rapid succession. So I know for me, if I don't stay in this book, work the steps, work with others, live in 10, 11, and 12, I will f- be face down in the food again. And for me, you know, I know I'm a real compulsive overeater. And, and as it says here, he agreed he was a real alcoholic. So I know I'm a real compulsive overeater. And I know that I'm facing another trip down Binge Lane with the, with the curtains closed and all that, my miserable life, if I don't stay in this book and I don't enlarge my spiritual condition by living in 10, 11, and 12 and continue to work the steps um, and lean on my higher power all, all, all the time. And, you know, what it reminded me of here, it says he would lose his family for whom he had a deep affection. And, you know, I don't have to physically lose my family, but when I'm face down on the food, nothing matters more than the food and no one else matters. And so I I lose my family and I lose myself. So if I stay in 10, 11, and 12, I work these steps and continue to enlarge my spiritual life, I have a great chance of staying recovered, not cured, but recovered. And um, that's what it's talking about here. <clears throat> Excuse me. The spiritual life is to live it. It's not a theory. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. And we've got eight minutes and three people who would like to share. Reggie L., you're up. Hi. Good morning. Thank you, Monica, for your service and everybody on the line. This is Reggie O. in uh, Southern California, Los Angeles area. And Boy, this is uh, I've always loved this uh, this story and that part where uh, Jim uh, made a beginning. You know, he made a beginning, and uh, but he didn't stay with it. You know, he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. And I just come back from a week away where I was kind of like in this incubator. It was like a tank. I was with a I was with a pretty large group of people, uh, and we went from 9 o'clock in the morning until 9.30, 10 at night, sometimes after 10. uh, We were asked to not be engaged with the outside world. It was one of the most, in my past, challenging situations, you know, in terms of 
in terms of being a compulsive eater that I would have been in to be around a group of people in a, a large group in an intimate space like that for an ongoing period of time. And uh, so, but what I was so amazingly grateful for was that when the, and it was personally challenging. I mean, that was a part of the idea of it, but there were time. it was like automatically, I remember the first time I just automatically went to this open window uh, during a break and prayed. And I'd spent a lot of time in prayer before situations, during situations, after situ you know, after situations. And, you know, listening to the reading today, what it made me think is that my is is historically I I'm like really good at the takeoff, you know, like I can go through and do steps, you know, one I, I could do the steps and, you know, feel great and be abstinent and get some you know, get some really good recovery. But staying the course, like fully engaged in staying the course has been challenging for me in a lot of areas of, of life. And uh, and there's something about, you know, well, something about, you know, it's about what we do here is working the steps and continually working the steps and working 10, 11, and 12 on an ongoing basis and growing, you know, an everyday closer relationship with a power greater than ourselves. And I, I come back, I got back yesterday, I'm pretty, you know, pretty tired. It was, it was really, you know, it took, it was, it was, uh, took a lot of energy and a lot of things. But I come back, uh, you know, I come back abstinent and peaceful and I come back feeling, uh, you know, close and intimate with a group of people that I spend an intimate time with. And that, you know, that's, that's, that's different for me too, you know, because I, I grew up with some self-consciousness about being in groups for long periods of time. So I'm just, you know, very, very grateful. And this was perfect for me to read uh, this morning, my, you know, my first day back in that uh, he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. And that's my job, you know, that's my desire is to continue to enlarge my spiritual life. And, you know, as I, as I work here and, and do 10, 11 and 12 and help other people. So um, just really appreciate this so much this morning. Thanks for, thanks for being here, everybody. Thank you, Reggie. Oh, Terry H, you're up and then it'll be Jody EQ. And we got four minutes, two minutes apiece. How's that? Great. Thanks. My name's Terry H, uh, recovered compulsive reader in North Carolina. He failed to enlarge his spiritual life. Um, I love Jim's story because it's such a, an example to me um, of how important it is to work the steps and continue to um, enlarge our spiritual life and recovery. My goal today is, is being of maximum service to my higher power. You know, every day I seek um, to just grow and learn uh, and walk side by side with my higher power. Um, it takes work, though. It definitely takes work. My life depends on it, though. I am powerless over my disease. I could not stop binging, purging, and restricting the past 30 years, no matter what I did to try to control it. When I finally came to that desperation and, and that those uh, choices that I had to make, I surrendered, and I worked the steps. You know, I worked those steps like my body was on fire, and I made that connection with my higher power in an amazing way. You know, I worked to clear the blocks between me and God. And um, in seeking my higher power's vision each day, I am working toward being of maximum service. I am learning to sit in the pause. I'm learning to listen. I'm learning to be patient and know how powerful humility is. 
in, in, in my life. And when I take action and I do the labor in this process, my disease is like kudzu in the winter months. You know, it's dormant. And, you know, I'll always have this, this disease. I will never be cured. But as I'm, you know, seeking my higher powers guidance every day and doing the work and taking the actions, you know, the promises are have have come true and are com- still coming true for me, those promises in the big book. You know, there is freedom, there's serenity, um, there's peace. And, you know, for that, I'm very grateful. Thanks, and I pass. Thank you so much, Terry H. and Jody E.Q., Take us out. Okay. Good morning, everyone. This is Jody E.Q., gratefully recovered in California. Thank you, Monica, and everyone for being here. Wow, what a beautiful meeting. What beautiful testimonies to the power of these 12 steps. I'll just add my my voice to the uh, chorus. Um, yes, I have to enlarge my spiritual life if I'm going to keep from picking up again, which as a real compulsive overeater is my natural tendency. That's what we do as compulsive overeaters. We eat compulsively. So if I'm not going to do that, and if I'm going to abstain happily, contentedly, and in a state of grace, I need to really enlarge my spiritual life. And how do I do that? I continuing to work the steps, living in steps 10, 11, and 12. And 12, so important, carrying the message. I can also live in steps 1, 2, and 3 every day. I am powerless over food. There is a power greater than me that can restore me to sanity. So today, another new day, I'm going to turn my will and my life over to the care of that power greater than myself, and pray for knowledge of his will and the power to carry it out. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jody E.Q., and thank you to everyone who shared. We have come to the end of our meeting so quickly once again. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Marie J., could you read for us, please, from page 164? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, sorry, don't have my page pulled. One second here. Thanks, this is Marie J. And our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. So see to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for, both, for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.